Around the NFL Podcast. Carried NFL Network through the offseason. Yeah. It's true. We did. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal. Patrick Claybon. Now, did we carry NFL Network anywhere? No. Are we on NFL Network? Yes. In fact, all three of us are on NFL Network a whole bunch. Um, and so before I throw it to you, boys, let me just really quickly go through this. Because the season is less than two weeks away now. Ten days away, really. Eleven, something like that, uh, before the Thursday night game. Here's what's to come on this program. How's this, Greg? A little setup just to get people caught up what's going on. I, I like it. All, all right, business. 2021. Today. today <laughs> I don't think so. Today... We're going to do some season predictions, okay? We're going to go through um, an email that a colleague of ours, Gennaro Felice, is it Felice? Um, Sends out every year and uh, make a bunch of predictions for 2021. That's fun. Uh, We will have another special guest on the show on Thursday, Steve Weish. And next week, we will do our annual sandwich props, our week one preview, our week one recap, the Thursday night opener, and the debut, we believe, of our new two-hour around the NFL broadcast. And that's in addition. And that's in addition to the return of Power Rankings with me and uh, Money. NFL Game Day View with Rosie, as some call him, never me. Hawk and Cynthia. And yes, Patrick Claybon with the NFL Fantasy Program. How about that? Getting the plugs out early. That's a lot. We're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, and I, I will say it's a it's one organism, right? That, that we're all in, and so we're we're all carrying it together. But but mm. you guys are, are fundamental. You're pillars, right? There, there's some like well, we're getting, we're getting more to carry. We're we getting use. more to carry these days. So that's that's a little bit of a you know we complain sometimes. That's a little bit of a sign of a encouragement. Uh, we're certainly asked to do more than we we were years ago. That that's all three of us because you're on Fantasy Live every, almost every day now, right? Yeah, four days this week. Four days all season. Looking forward to it. How about that? And, you know, it'd be easier to carry um, what we need to carry up the hill of the NFL season with Mark Sessler. Unfortunately, Mark not back with us yet, as you've probably told. But sometimes Mark gets quiet on the show, and maybe he would pipe in right here. But he's not, unfortunately. Um, As you know, if you follow the show, Mark has been dealing with uh, issues with blood clots. He's been in and out of the hospital as they're trying to make things, uh, figure things out and the path going forward. He is in, he's in good spirits. You have to believe me on this. He's going in the right direction, but it's a complex issue here. And he's uh, kind of on the mend at home this week. So we're hoping to have him back for week one, but no promises. You know, that's the goal. It's like it's like what Jerry Jones says about Dak Prescott. Uh, if, if week one was today, he'd be on the field. I don't know if Mark would be on the podcast if week one was today. But uh, not to make light of it, uh, we miss Mark. We want him back. We know you're the listener are worried about him. Uh, but just know that he is on the mend and he'll be back with us when the time is right. But the time is not right now. We, we have a lot of time to get sick of each other and spend uh, way too much time um, virtually. But then in person, soon enough in studio. And so Mark will be back for that. It's all it all, it's all happened. Get yeah, well soon, like, man. Yes, get well soon. He's on some powerful uh drugs right now that uh, I told him to maybe save some uh, for the middle of the season for the rest of us because that, that's against on, the rules Dan oh is it okay yeah, you're, well, not, you're not supposed to do that Justin Graver filling in for Erica Tamposi <laughs> who's on a tropical uh, vacation right now which is impossible Justin can you pop on a second it's impossible that our producer is in Hawaii right now uh, this is essentially the season's already started how does this happen who greenlit it and was there any way you could have stopped it, Justin? Or maybe this is what you wanted, because look at you now talking into the mic on the ATN podcast. <laughs> exactly, right? Well, Erica's my boss now, so technically there's no way for me to stop her. Tread carefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's the last little week. We have this little fun dead zone now with the way the preseason moved around. So if this is her last chance to get away for a second, maybe... I mean, what dead zone? We've got like six shows this week. <laughs> <laughs> An exceedingly dis- diplomatic answer from Justin there. I, I-, I support and understand. <laughs> I guess the answer here is that Erica might be in her own little gray zone where she doesn't have a boss right now. And uh, (laughs) that's how this happened. I don't know. But Erica will be back next week. We hope Mark's back next week. Uh, Patrick, as you did on the network show last week and again today, and I think next week as well, you're, you're helping us out. And we are so thankful 
for that. And Greg, here, you and I, buddy, we're just we're just the rocks, you know. We're just we're here. Hopefully, you, you never know with this podcast. The, po- the podcast gods have been coming at us, but we're not taking it lying down. Neither's Mark. We're we're fighting back. Absolutely, it's be a great season. And as Debbie Hansis is known to say, "Don't spit in the sky." Let's do some news. Hello and welcome to the new West Coast home of the NFL. I'm Colleen Wolf, and it is my sincere pleasure to introduce you to the future. <laughs> She's going to kill me. One more thing to note. Um, I asked for Justin to cut that because after basically 18 months of us looking into laptops to do this show, uh, we are coming now to the end of the line on some level, maybe not permanently. I think this has been proven to be successful enough that we'll keep it in our back pocket when we need it, uh, these remote shows. But Greg, come, let's say week two, we're gonna be in that brand new studio, it sounds like, uh, in Inglewood at Hollywood Park, doing the show as intended together. And I'm really looking forward to that. In a new podcast studio, you know, Keisha is at work today, like a lot of employees. going to their first day of work. She's been there before, uh, but a lot of people are going to their first day of work in Inglewood. Even more people are coming next week. And yeah, that's the plan. If we don't do it by the first Sunday week one show of the year, I think we'll be in there the next week after that for week two. So I I am looking forward to this show. It's like, it's a little bit better being able to be in person, I think. I don't know. I don't want to slight the shows we've done over the last year and a half, but it's got to be better to be in person. I think we've gotten very good at this type of program, uh, but I I agree with you. I think it's no substitution for being together and on the production side. Uh, and I do a lot of that with Erica. Like that's much more difficult and harder to pull off. So the idea of being all together in a like state of the art studio is something to be very excited about because I think it's good for us. It's good for the listeners. Um, Let's get Good into for Claybon. You know, we'll have Claybon yeah. in the studio. My my propensity to turn into a little spinning disc where nobody can hear me and I can't <laughs> hear you guys. That doesn't happen in person. <laughs> it's it's just my my slow mental oh. calculations. The only thing that happens in person. Oh, it has been quite a ride these eighteen months of computer life. Uh, let's get into it. Let's start with what's going on down in New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints practicing at the home of the Dallas Cowboys right now. Um, And for three days this week, after evacuating because of Hurricane Ida, which made landfall south of New Orleans on Sunday, Category 4 hurricane um, at winds of 150 miles per hour. Um, Very, very dangerous stuff, obviously. And the Saints had a preseason finale that they moved up and then canceled entirely. Uh, And now they are in Texas preparing for their season. And this comes, of course, Claybon, 16 years Exactly, in fact, after Hurricane Katrina devastated New Orleans and uh, forced the team to move for their 2005 season. Thankfully, we're not talking about that right now in the in this situation, but very serious, very dangerous, and the Saints are juggling their schedule as a result. Yeah, and the memories are too fresh on everybody's minds. Um, you don't want to think about 2005 too much when it comes to a storm in the Gulf, uh, but it, it's hard not to, right? And, and you've seen a lot of people uh, reaching out um, there, there's more connectivity in the world now. People are, are able to ask for help and, and maybe find uh, places to help a little bit better. I know Power was out in all of Orleans Parish uh, last night, and it still is in, in a significant number of places. Uh, but but it, it's been it's been good to see. Um, you know, we had some players tweeting out some mutual aid sources uh, for people to get help. And um, you know, as much as football is our is 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 what we do, and it's what keeps the lights on for us. Um, it's, it's hard not to prioritize the people, uh, that are down there that are dealing with this, especially in, in, on, on the coast of Louisiana and Mississippi as well. It's just, it's, it's tough to see. Yeah. It's, it, you are, you do get flashbacks just thinking of even the, the NFL relation to it, that right now they're in, in Texas, you know, back then they spent the season in San Antonio. They're in Dallas. The saints are practicing. Sean Payton said on Monday, you know, there's a strong chance that we'll be preparing for, you know, our week one game somewhere other than New Orleans. But it's it's so early as we tape this on Monday to know what the damage is there because it, people are just starting to get out and starting to do rescues and the power. And it, it, it seems like a total mess. And our yeah, our thoughts are with every everyone down there. So, so many people are affected in, in and out of football, but just from the 
the Saints' perspective, it, yeah, it would not be a surprise if you know they they have to start doing some adjustments to where where they're practicing, where they're playing, and and everything else because that's that's not the priority down in Louisiana right now. In other news, the San Francisco 49ers doesn't sound like we're any closer to knowing what their quarterback situation is uh, because Kyle Shanahan said that rotating Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance will, quote, always be an option this season. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say on opposing defenses potentially dealing with two quarterbacks. Whether it's in their mind or not, um, I mean, that's, that's up to them. But I mean, we got two guys who can play. And um, while we've been doing it in practice a little bit, wanted to do it out there in the game. And I think it's always going to be an option. He is referring, of course, to the preseason finale where Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo uh, traded reps over the first 24 snaps of the game. This is as murky as it gets, Greg. How, how do you uh, diagnose what's happening in San Francisco right now? I think Kyle is having some fun in that third preseason game. <laughs> you know, thinking about week one in the Detroit Lions, thinking about oh, the, the teams after Lions. that. Just like, hey, get ready. Because not only were they rotating, but they were they were showing some things. They were doing these QB power traps. Like they were showing what you can do with Trey Lance as your quarterback in terms of the read option. And he was mostly handing it off. You wonder if he was almost told, like, hand it off. Like, let's not get too crazy here in the preseason. But the crazy part was they replaced him twice on the goal line with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is like the opposite sort of what you would expect. Uh, to happen. One of those times, Jimmy uh, <laughs> runs it in. Uh, one of those times, they didn't score with Jimmy in there. Then they bring Lance back in, who does run it in. And uh, I really think, based on Jimmy Garoppolo's deportment last week leading into that game, and what Kyle Shanahan has said, that Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting Week One, and that we that Trey Lance will be playing Week One. And I do think that's going to be the the early plan, and and they're just going to see how it goes. Yeah, not just having fun with with Dan Campbell and and uh, Aaron Galland and, and the Lions staff, but having fun with us as well, right? Uh, we ran the sound last night after the game of Kyle Shanahan seemingly saying, right, Kyle Shanahan who famously was upset, right, at Sean McVay for not laminating the play sheet on a rainy day, right? Sean, uh, a, a Kyle Shanahan who has meticulously planned everything says last night at the podium, um, hey, you know, I was just playing it by ear. You know, Jimmy, go in. Uh, Trey, go in. He, he's Wait. acting as though that he's just making this decision on a whim uh, just to kind of feel it out. And so, yeah, Kyle Shanahan's going to do what he wants, but he's also going to have fun with us. He, the whole This whole entire offseason he's maintained, it doesn't behoove him to say who the starting quarterback is going to be. And I think ultimately what he truly showed us yesterday, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to call the plays. Mm. He's going to get guys open and they're going to score points no matter what. I do want to point out though, I think the Lance's preseason in that game specifically supported this idea that Lance needs a little more cooking, a little more practice time. He's made a lot of mistakes. He does seem to run after the first read is taken away. He's also made a ridiculous amount of amazing plays and seems like an awesome runner. So if there was any thought of like, hey, let's go into it with Jimmy, but use Trey, I think the the preseason Lance has had sort of has supported that. That's like, okay, we don't need to play him week one. He's probably going to start eventually this season, uh, but it doesn't have to be right now. And the football gods laugh at any plans that are made because as we know, Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt all the time. So even if Kyle Shanahan has this like grand vision for uh, using both guys and just turning the offense into a nightmare for defensive coordinators, we'll see if uh, both guys are healthy and able to do such a plan. But very interesting, and we'll continue to track that. Speaking of the football gods, they did not smile upon J.K. Dobbins, the second-year Ravens running back who was tackled awkwardly on a screenplay against Washington in the preseason finale for the Ravens, suffered a torn ACL out for the 2021 season. Uh, So Patrick, the Ravens did it. They are undefeated yet again uh, in the preseason, uh, breaking the Vince Lombardi record. And that's cool, but no J.K. Dobbins. That stinks. It will be opportunity for Gus Edwards uh, to have a main role on this offense. Yeah, no better example of a Pyrrhic victory, right, than winning your 20th straight preseason game and losing your starting running back, uh, who really has a unique skill set that's not uh, represented anywhere else uh, on the team uh, at the tailback position. And you wonder how they're going to go about this. I I don't think uh, there's a veteran out there that can fill that role, so they're probably just not. They're just not going to to have that aspect in their offense in a season where they prioritize the passing game, right? And he was your best option out of the backfield, and now he's gone. And it's uh, it's tough, especially as somebody who would like 
uh, the Ravens to win every single game this year. <laughs> and they, they've had a nightmare uh, preseason. I don't know if anyone had had a worse one. The Colts uh, are in the midst. Marquise Brown returned, you know, to practice today for the first time since July. But Sammy Watkins has been hurt for much of the preseason. Rashad Bateman is out into the regular season. I, I think they do need another running back. Justice Hill was not guaranteed to make this team uh, before the injury. I, I anticipate they'll either get – they'll make a trade for someone's – second string or third string running back or they'll pick up some veterans because they're a volume running game. I don't think you want to change your game plan because J.K. Dalvins isn't there. You can't replace him. He was by far their best running back. Gus Edwards is a great two, but now you need another two. And I don't think he's on the roster. And they're they're going to have to run the ball. I, like, I just don't see the recipe for them to start throwing the ball that much more than, than they used to. That's what they do well is run the ball. ESPN's Josina Anderson mentioned uh, or reported that Todd Gurley who worked out with the Ravens is not in the mix right now uh, to potentially join the team. So uh, maybe cross Gurley off the list. You wonder where he's at at this point and what his future holds in other news. And, you know, I I try to, I wish I could avoid these stories, but they're a part of the news every single uh, week. It's time for another episode of uh, CSI COVID stuff incoming Carson Wentz and friends to the COVID list. Here is the here are the names from the Colts. Wentz, Zach Pascal, wide receiver, Ryan Kelly, the center, all deemed close contacts with a staff member who tested positive, all eligible to return in five days as long as they remain negative and asymptomatic. Uh, so Wentz, who obviously is working his way back from the foot surgery and needs as many reps as possible, he is taken out of the mix here, Patrick, for the next several days, as is Pascal, Pascal and Kelly. Yeah, it's there's a lot going on. And you wonder, um, because a, a team where the, the opportunity in the division, right, seemed to be right there first and foremost, and we skip ahead a few weeks later, and you're, you're missing all of these guys. Um, I... I'm, I'm I'm searching for the positive. Uh, you get you get um, you eventually get these guys back. Uh, but it's, right, it was uh, sold as like, well, this is good news. He'll be back in five days, so plenty of time before the season. I'm like, I'm sick of framing Carson Wentz missing days as like good news. <laughs> like, no, it's not good news. It's not good news. No, and, and they wouldn't miss it if they were vaccinated. That we know. Um, so it, it, even though the vaccination statuses are not announced officially. We know based on the circumstances here that these guys weren't because that's why they Same have to miss Cam. five days with the, the close contacts. Yeah, similar to the Cam Newton situation. I'm not, it's like it doesn't change their season, but we keep saying this, and the Titans have 13 players, many of whom were vaccinated on their COVID list. Um, we keep saying this, that it's like, well, this is all going to happen during the season. And just like e- with each time it happens, it, we start to realize like, yeah, this is going to happen during the season. In other news. Oh, in other Colts news. It has been, oh, what a rough rough summer it's been for the Colts T.Y. Hilton uh, their veteran wide receiver who uh, he's getting up there in years but he showed down the stretch last season that he could still deliver as a playmaker at age 31 well he's out because he's he's dealing with a neck injury sometimes a a disc issue and it's uncertain how how much time he'll miss the athletic Stephen Holder reported that Hilton will be on the shelf multiple weeks with a neck injury and Greg I mean you don't have to be a physical therapist or a doctor in the field to know that when a football player has a neck injury, neck injury, you never know where this is going to go. And sometimes it goes in a really tough situation, direction. Hopefully not. Yeah. Here. And it's not the first time for him with that injury either. He's played through his injuries for the most part throughout his career. Hasn't missed a lot of games, um, but this is not a first time thing. Paris Campbell's a really big player on this team. That That's kind of my takeaway is that third year guy, Guy West really liked, I remember, but just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And they, they're going to have to get someone to be an explosive guy on their receiver court. Pittman's a good player, but he's not explosive like that. Zach Pascal will play a lot, too. But they need Paris Campbell to, to be a factor. In other news. Hey, listen, we don't have clarity uh, in San Francisco. Maybe a little bit more. Uh, in New England, but you got to read between the lines here. Mac Jones played with the backups in the preseason finale. Uh, Cam Newton, of course, uh, also in the mix to be the starter in 2021, or at least to start the season. Bill Belichick, unusually verbose and talking on the uh, topic uh, after Sunday night's game. Yeah, no, we we still have a lot of decisions to make. 
Just kidding. <laughs> what did you expect? What did you expect, Dan? What do you well, want? I don't know. What do you want? Know. You want him to announce a starting quarterback? He's loving this. He's always wanted to have a have, to be, be able to conceal his starting quarterback, <laughs> but he always had Tom Brady, so there wasn't much mystery to it. There's no oh, he, way that I think so he's going to do he's his best. about this. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, maybe I th- there's I really a part do. of him. It's a fresh. It's a fresh thing for him here. I, I really do think that he wants Brian Flores, the the Dolphins coach, is preparing for Week One to have to prepare for both guys. And I think he's going to try to take this as long as it goes. Usually like a, a rap sheet or a Schefter gets the word out. But here's here's where I would push back on everyone's interpretation of this, that just because Cam Newton played with the starters, that he's not that he's the week one starter. I, I don't think that matters that much. I, I think there's a real chance Mac Jones is the starter week one and that everyone assuming they know what Belichick's thinking based on how he like played them. I don't know. You could look at it either way. You could look at it like, man, they didn't try to get Cam much work this preseason. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think the way they played with the ones and twos has anything to do with Belichick. One thing I believe what he said was, I don't think he was going to make that decision until they start meeting today. And now they're going to start practicing with a real starter, whether that's Mac Jones or Cam Newton. Wouldn't surprise me if it's Mac Jones. I would actually be surprised if it was Mac Jones, just based off of Bill Belichick's career. I, I think he want would like to start uh, this season with a veteran quarterback, uh, not not necessarily making some kind of statement or some conclusion on his evaluation of Mac Jones. I, I would just believe that Bill's going in with Cam as the starter. Um, he thinks they can win with Cam, and then if they can't, uh, he's going to adjust off of that. But it's it's not as overwrought of decision uh, to him as anything else. He's probably been more worried about the Stefan Gilmore right. uh, situation, to be honest with you. Uh, he's Hats just going to throw the quarterback out, out there and it. Josh is going to do it. Like they you, should be. You, would, you would like this, Dan, that Pat's fans are freaking out about like who's going to start week one and they're going to be so mad that if Cam's starting. I'm kind of of the mind, like Patrick, I don't think it makes that huge of a difference who starts week one. It is a really long season. And like, I think they can win with either quarterback. And I don't know, there's not much separating the two. And Gilmore is, uh, like Patrick said, is a, is a much bigger deal. The one reason that sit Mac Jones is he did have some like, like delay of games and struggles in the two minutes, things that you would expect out of rookie quarterbacks uh, throughout the preseason, which I think maybe registers in Bill Belichick's mind that like, okay, this guy's maybe not 100% ready. I'm curious. Um how much if you ask defensive coordinators and just got their unvarnished opinions when you hear that thing oh the coach coach x is not going to decide who the quarterback is so the other team has to prepare for both quarterbacks is that actually a huge pain in the butt or is that like is the defense able to adjust either way i i'm just curious about that just these two quarterbacks are so different and you would you would kind of think the offenses would be so different with the two of them that i i think at least belichick would like to maintain that advantage i mean when when in doubt belichick's gonna say nothing i mean that's typically what his mo is so none of this is a surprise really you know it'd be a surprise if he came out and said anything like uh about this before week one right you're probably not gonna get anything i i don't think you're gonna get anything i mean it's different like i think tom curran made this point that he thought he thinks when belichick saw the new nfl schedule that he was all about it because you can start preparing for week one now so you're going to be on the field preparing for your week one opponent more than any other game that you'll ever play except for the Super Bowl. And I, if you don't think guys like Belichick and Andy Reid are going to cook up some fun stuff for week one and want to like hide everything possible, like they're they're apt. That's exactly what Bill Belichick's going to do. And and like maybe maybe they do a little rotation, a little Mac Jones and Cam Newton. I, I was going to say I I would see a situation where Bill Belichick knows he has arguably the best goal line weapon in the history of the National Football League, um, and he's going to use him throughout the season when he's available. Um, and they're a better team than they were last year. I, I wouldn't put it past them to start one guy one week and start the other guy another week, depending on the team and the situation. Cam's like, Cam had a good camp because otherwise he would have lost the job because Mac Jones ultimately did better, I think, than, than anyone could have expected in his first camp and his first preseason. Who starts first, Trey Lance or Mac Jones? I would go Mac Jones. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go Trey Lance. In other quarterback news, the Eagles acquire Gardner Minshew, the warrior, from the Jaguars for a conditional sixth-round pick. The move comes a couple days after the Jaguars named Trevor Lawrence their week one starter and one of the bigger, bigger shocks of the summer. 
So Minshew joins a quarterback room in Philly uh, that includes Jalen Hurts uh, and also Joe Flacco. What does this mean, Greg Rosenthal? Because I have I have some thoughts about. Well, I want to hear your thoughts. You you had a great tweet about it. That's just like it's not a healthy relationship, but right right now between the Eagles and Hurts. So well, I guess my point was like, yeah, I feel like quietly they're in an unhealthy relationship. And I got I I think you guys have all been well, Claybon. I know you have, um, and I know Greg, of course, as well. Like you'll send us a tweet out, and you you know you won't think much of it. And then for some reason, it strikes a chord, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively. And I'll tell you what, Eagles fans, and I don't, you know, I don't really know too, too many Eagles fans outside of Connie and Gonzo and, and a few others because I am a Jet fan and an AFC guy when I was growing up. And But they were on fire. They were so pissed at me that I How would even insinuate you? it. I mean, if you went in my mentions, you would see hundreds. Maybe I, I must have gotten like quote retweeted by some popular whether it was like a blog or a columnist or something because they had their knives out for me insinuating that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are on unsteady ground on any level it was being told that it was a fake narrative and tired needs to go away but I'm not basing this off on just like I don't know like I just parachuted in totally this is an Eagles team that has been connected on some level uh, through reports to Deshaun Watson uh, that uh, now is traded for Gardner Minshew. Uh, we were connected to taking a quarterback in the draft and reports. And the Eagles have, as a ship, they leak like the Titanic. So I just feel like there's a lot of mm. stuff coming out of that building. And I'm just saying that's the way it feels. I didn't say the way it is, but I thought it was funny. The response, the vitriol, Eagles fans don't want to hear that. Well, it's telling, right? That they're so angry about it. That it's probably got some... It's so, it's so, so truth right now. I, I, I thought I defended the Eagles for like not naming him the starter all summer. Cause what does it really matter? He was getting all the first team reps. I do think they're making his life, you know, Jalen hurts a little tougher. That's a weird, it's a weird uh, quarterback room. And I, I kind of thought like, is Flacco really going to be on this team? And the cuts, the, the cut down day is Tuesday. We're taping this on Monday. So, we have to assume right now Flacco will be on this team, but it does, that doesn't make sense. Why would you have Flacco and Minshew? I'm kind of guessing. <laughs> I'm kind of guessing they trade Flacco for like a conditional seventh or something to the Falcons, and he's not on this team, and that Minshew's the backup, and that's an upgrade at backup. Greg, Greg, they just traded for Minshew for a conditional sixth round pick. A conditional Dude, sixth great value. round pick. It is great value. Minshew mania has not ended because this is the most discussed conditional sixth round pick <laughs> trade of all time for a third string quarterback. That's that's why I think like he was a high quality. You, yeah, but he's not a normal conditional sixth. We talked about Sony Michelle. That's not different. It's a conditional and- sixth. What's Here's what I'm saying, though. Like, don't you think he's <laughs> one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league now? I, I, if he was, Greg, I, I'm assuming that the value would have been more than a conditional sixth round pick. It's also, let me, <laughs> let me say this, Claybon, because I, I, I know what you're so. saying. We shouldn't be making that big a deal because it's Gardner Minshew. But at the same time, he's kind of like the, the new generations. He's the Gen Z version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And just watch out here. If Jalen Hurts struggles... Uh, he can play though. That's the difference. The, we know well, he can I'm play. Saying, what, so does so can Ryan Fitzpatrick. What I'm saying is he's a guy that people get behind. He's he's got the mustache. He's a bit of a folk hero down in Duval. And I wonder if this is just going to make things a little bit that much harder for Jalen Hurts if you truly believe in the guy. And while we're on the subject of things to, that to me were a little curious, uh, what's going on with Urban Meyer? who was taking away first-team reps from Trevor Lawrence all summer, giving it to a guy who he then traded for a conditional sixth-round pick. What's that about? What are we doing here? It, it's the, the mania. Stupid. It's the mania. The mania is real. And 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 I understand that Gardner Minshew has played, um, but the people that are going to call for him the minute Jalen makes one mistake, right, in his you know eighth-ever start in the NFL, um, they're wrong, too. Like, we've seen right. Gardner Minshew. Uh, it's the conditional sixth. I, mean, I, I get it, it but he, he's a third-year <laughs> player who has played a lot better than plenty of well, quarterbacks, like including some starters. Like I'm not a big Minshew fan, but like he's a better player than Sam Darnold, or he has been. Like, and, and I know the the draft picks wouldn't be the same, but it's just I I, I don't care that the fans are going to complain. It's the Flacco part of it that bothers me, and I, I suspect Flacco won't won't be on that team. Like I couldn't help but think when I heard Drew Locke lose the job to Teddy Bridgewater and talk about how much he had learned from Teddy Bridgewater in terms of 
how he approached being a starting quarterback, how to talk to his teammates, how to talk in the quarterback room, how to how to like be a leader, how to be positive. And, and he's like, I never had that before. And I was like, hmm, who are the veteran quarterbacks that uh, that, that uh, you've been with before, Drew Locke? Oh, yeah, it was Joe Flacco, the guy who froze out Lamar Jackson, too. So uh, that's just, sort of where I'm at like, with this. You know what I like? I, Rosenthal and Claybon almost always on the same page, I feel. I like that there's some type of differing op- opinion here. Yeah. And this is something to track. I like Jalen Hurts, When Gardner too, Minch is the starter value. in week six. That's a great I, value. I think everybody's kind of bought into this idea that Carson Wentz was bad because he was mad and scared that the quarterback behind him was good. And I just don't – I don't believe that. And so that causes me to fundamentally believe different things about – this current quarterback situation. Right. I To be clear, I think it was a good trade by the Eagles. You should add quarterbacks that are good That's, for that cheap of a price that are under contract for two more years. I don't think it matters too much about Hurts. But there will be that segment of the fan base that'll be annoying if they have a losing record at any point. And uh, let's <laughs> let's check in with a segment of that fan base while we're here. Let's welcome in Kyle and Wolf. <laughs> What? <laughs> Whoa! Oh, oh, hello! <laughs> just eating some raspberries. Connie. I'm just sitting here listening. This has been fun. Connie, is my mic even on? Yeah, it's yes. on. What's up? Hey, we're wow, gonna talk. We're going to talk palindrome gate with Connie in a second. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, mm. Wait, my song. My turn that up, great. Grave digger, I call. It still goes. It's still on. It's still happening. (laughs) So Eagles fans absolutely tore me to shreds this weekend. Oh, Um, I saw. What was up with that, first of all? Were you behind that? And where do you stand on this mean shoe thing now that you got the warrior in that QB room? I well, so as you guys were talking about it, uh, I grabbed out my raspberries uh, and started just going through your comments. And it was hilarious. Uh, There were a lot of takes on there. Many angry. I would say 99%. I think you only had like one quote tweet that was like, I feel the same way. But people were just like, you're a loser. Like, how was this tweet allowed? And it was just like all all sorts of crazy came out. Um, I didn't get it. But I I, I think that that's um, an anomaly because Eagles fans are usually very, very even keeled. Um, they don't pop <laughs> off about anything, especially not the quarterback. <laughs> All right. How do you feel about it? Do you think do you think Jalen Hurts is the answer? I'm just I, I don't know if we've had this conversation. I mean, we saw him for like four games last year. Uh, It's I have no idea if he's going to be the answer or not. And I don't even know. Like, I don't I don't think the Eagles know. Sure. They didn't take a quarterback, but I don't think that that is real. They they can't base that off of four games starting. And he really didn't have a ton of work otherwise with like the first string offense. And there really wasn't even a first string offense because everyone was hurt. So it's kind of like a a coin flip at this point. And I think it's smart that the Eagles brought in other bodies. And I mean, look, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to help out, but Gardner Minshew is a really good backup and Philadelphia loves a backup quarterback. I forgot the one other thing that was just on my radar that, that ridiculous Fakakta strategy they had in week 17 when they put Hertz on the bench Uh. And brought in what's his face? Uh, just a bunch of weird stuff with uh, with the Eagles. Here's the thing: like, yeah, the Eagles fans love a backup, but sometimes those backups are like AJ Feely, and your quarterback yeah. is Donovan McNabb, and you've been totally unfair to Donovan McNabb throughout his whole completely. Career. That, that happens. That happens too. That's we still happens. love AJ Feely. <laughs> hey, Connie. Um, <laughs> um, uh, palindrome Gate. We just got to oh. address it because. We're I, on some level, we're an educational program. Uh, we seek to bring knowledge to mm-hmm. uh, NFL fans. And uh, when we went down the road of you were kind of hung up on the cam Mac and you said, it's is that a real problem for me? An anagram? What did you call it? And then I said, yeah. And then I said, oh, is it a palindrome? And then I looked it up and I, I read the definition of a palindrome. And then you guys were like, oh, that's it. And then like, Paul Rudd like said some nice words to me, and then we kind of Dan Hansis shout out, and then we just move <laughs> forward. But as it turns out, um, Cam and Mac not a palindrome. No, nope. uh, in fact, like Taco Cat is a palindrome. Race car is a palindrome. Madame former, kayak. Former, Madame former Detroit Tigers backup catcher of the eighties. Um, what was his name? Matt Salas. Salas. Sure. 
the number 1,221, you know, that, you know, that, that would be a palindrome. Uh, Cam and Mac is, is not that, but Connie is, we saw some other things out there. Does it actually have, is there a word that connects Cam and Mac or is it so, just two words? I, I think that, so the palindrome, it's the same word spelled front and back, but the amord, I don't even know how to pronounce it, amord nilap which is palindrome backward. <laughs> that has to be made that, up. Right? No, I don't think so. I think there is, I've been, that was the other thing I was doing while I was listening to the parts of the show was looking up definitions of a mordnilap. <laughs> and uh, that's a different word spelled backward. And there is some debate whether or not that's a word at all. I also saw some mordnilap, which is palindromes, plural, backward. So... Um, yeah, still a lot to debate here, and I think we do need some type of English language expert to come on the show. I'm thoroughly confused. <laughs> yeah. And well, Cam and Mac, I mean, didn't... Uh, so, I'm someone who transposes... I'm more in a lap. That is a real thing. I mean, uh, yeah. apparently. Uh, so, what does Cam it mean? and Mac really had me uh, confused. Cam and Mac. Are you sure yeah. people are just messing with us by doing that? Because that feels like something that would be made up to. I don't know. To make it's uh, it's in an article on on npr.org and from 2015. I don't think. It yep. And I just to put a bow on it. Um, what happened on the last show? Um, so Colleen was wrong. And then Greg <laughs> Dan was, was wrong. wrong. And I all I did is I mentioned palindrome. I didn't say that was the answer. And I read the mm. definition and then you guys all agreed and congratulated me. And then we moved on. I never said that was the answer. So I was never technically wrong. I just want to get all that right. out there. Too. And we just need to redact all of the congratulations and everything else. All no, the accolades that went your way. You can't take that back. <laughs> Connie, just that's, a that's bunch of doing. dummies. <laughs> Connie, thank you for joining us for Palindrome Gate. I know and, I um, added so much to the show today. A more lap. I don't know. Now pick you up are. that guitar behind you and play us out. No, I wouldn't. All right. Bad right, connection. Connie. I'll see you guys later. There she goes. <laughs> Bye, Colleen. Connie Fox. All right, let's finish up the news quickly, and then we'll get into predictions. Vikings news. Harrison Smith signs a new deal. Irv Smith out uh, for a while with an injury. Uh, Greg, I'll tee you up that way. Yeah, I, I was I was all ready for the Irv Smith breakout season. They, mm. That's another team that's had some bad vibes in the in the preseason, the Vikings. Just if you watch them play football. Uh, the football has been ugly on the field. Uh, but Harrison Smith, yeah, one, one of the all-time great Vikings. Give him his money. Pay the man. Pay the man. He's been solid hey. at that position. And there were people arguing because some people want their safety. They want safeties to be Ed Reed. Only Ed Reed can be Ed Reed. Uh, you still need box guys. And, and that's why there were people that were upset about Jamal Adams' deal. They were saying it was too much. It was actually a great value. And I think the, the Vikings got a great value here in Harrison Smith. The safeties league-wide still underpaid. Still one of my favorite memories in the history of my time here at NFL is when me and Chris Brockman, the producer um, and sidekick on the Rich Eisen show, went to the Oscars. And we were supposed to go with Gronk, and then Gronk had a surgery, so they got Ed Reed to fill in last second, right after the Ravens won that Super Bowl. And uh, I remember us driving in a limo to pick up Ed Reed at the hotel on the west side of LA and like waiting in the lobby, me and Brockman in full tuxedos, for like 45 minutes waiting for Ed to come downstairs and then spending <laughs> the whole day with Ed and his, uh, his buddy. And um, that was a great memory. The Oscars. Much better, much better than it would have been with Gronk. You know, I'll do respect. I think so. I think Ed Reed was a lot of fun and a, a good guy. All right, let's uh, move on. Shaq Lawson, hopefully for the Jets, will be a, a decent fill-in for Carl Lawson, who, of course, blew his Achilles uh couple of weeks back and that position that edge rusher is such an important role for um robert sala on defense so shaq lawson acquired uh in a trade for a late round pick and also former jet brett perryman not brett perryman what is it again why am i blanking? Brashad. perryman brashad of course but perryman the former jet he signed a uh one-year deal with the lions earlier this offseason he didn't even make the team he gets cut uh greg that that wide receiver group in Detroit is is rough and the fact that Perryman couldn't even make the team that's that's no bueno all the all the more reason to pick up 
Amon St. Brown. I forgot whose sleeper that was. Was that Liz Lowe's sleeper? Uh, I liked it, though. Uh, yeah, it's very rare to give a guy $2 million and then cut him. That's That might be the the highest paid player that signed this offseason uh, oh. that did not make the team. Although Shaq Lawson, who got traded from the Texans, is up there. And I do wonder if the Jets are taking advantage of this week and a half buildup to the season to just kind of take a look at him, and he's not guaranteed to make the team. Because anyone that could not make the Texans' defense – at this point, you would figure something's going on, and you might struggle to make any any roster. Well, there is a lot going on with the Houston Texans right now. None of it good. Um, and finally, in the news, uh, just want to hit on it. Yes, I mentioned the Ravens. They won. They finished off that undefeated preseason. I looking at the standings. Did you guys check this out? The here here are the records in the AFC uh, for the preseason. I'll go east to west, 10-1-1, and 10-3, 8-4, 9-3. And in the NFC, in the east, 1-11-1, the north 2-10, the south 3-8, the west 4-7. Um, <laughs> should we read into any of this? Because there is absolutely, I think, a disparity in talent and um, contenders. The AFC, I think, is uh, far better than the AFC right now. Ooh. Is there a connection between preseason action uh, yeah, with a much derided preseason, Patrick Claibon, and what we're actually going to see coming up in 2021. In terms of outcomes, other than something like the J.K. Dobbins injury, the only news you could get out of this particular preseason is bad news. I, I, I don't think you can draw anything. We have a proliferation of coaches who do not want to play anybody in the preseason. That's uh, in, in both conferences. I, I think it's impossible to, to know anything. Although it... I agree. It has nothing to do with the season. And I also agree. This is the deepest AFC I've ever seen or that since we've been doing this job, I think, I think there are more good teams in the AFC. I can't remember when that was ever the case going into a season. I guess we'll see if it holds up, Uh, but it is a a show of which teams took the preseason seriously. It actually does match up like the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots, the chiefs. uh, Those are all the teams that didn't lose a game or, I don't think any one of those lost the game. Steelers lost one, and those are the teams that won the games, which there probably is like a one-to-one <laughs> you know, thing there that they, they were playing their starters, whether whether that's the right approach. The Dolphins are another team that played their starters like throughout, throughout the preseason. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea, but it's, it is pretty interesting how different like some of the best coaches in the league view it now. Like, Har- like these are good coaches. Harbaugh, Tomlin, Flores, Belichick, Reed, and the, so many, and I guess it happens to be in the NFC, are going the total opposite way. You see James Morgan. Hail Mary, his time expired, and the two-point conversion. The Jets escape with a tie against the Eagles. No, but I, and I did. I have to admit, I did not watch any of that. But I think you can actually draw. I I'm taking a take from this game. The fact that the Jets backup watch. scored 31 points in any scenario is is to me a sign of something. Oh, even in the preseason, there's no way Adam Gase's backups are scoring 31 points. They couldn't. They could never move the ball. Even I watched those preseason games. It just wasn't happening. There was a well. I don't know. There was a, a infamous green and white scrimmage last summer, <laughs> where the backups absolutely it would be the backups against the starters in a, a scrimmage at MetLife Stadium, um, and the backups absolutely wiped the floor. Uh, with the starters, it was yeah because they were absurd. just as good as them on the Jets. They were both like two and fourteen teams, basically. All right. No more Adam Gase talk. That's what's happening in the news. All right, so every year, and this always sneaks up on me, and it's one of those things that, like, uh, same thing with certain um, office mandated security videos you might have to watch or IT learning things you have to do. It just like sits in the corner of my brain, like just nagging at me. You got to do this. You got to watch this thing. Got to take care of your corporate, um, corporate drone activity. Uh, when Gennaro sends out the email, Hey, time for predictions for the season. Uh, that just sits in the corner of my brain and I, I should just do it right away, but I don't. And it just sits there and then I'll get an email. Hey man, remember this? And then eventually I do it. Greg, I, I applaud you because you had a great idea, which was why don't we just do this email on the podcast? and make it our predictions conversation for the season. I love it. We're, we're, we're workshopping, you know? We could always... I, think, I, I did send one in, but we can change our answers. If, if I think that's the best it. idea you've literally ever had on the podcast. I think it's brilliant on three different levels. I, wow. I think this one will serve as the official... I mean, it was, though, Greg. It, it was not my what idea. You say in the email. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's Gennaro's idea. So that was really a, a backhanded 
compliment well, there. That's what I'm no, thinking. No, but to, to be able to eight turn years this into and that was it. And that was it. That was the best <laughs> idea. It's in the top three. I'll come up with the top three at a later uh, date for the show. So anyway, uh, let's bring in Justin, the grave digger. I call him. Hello. He's going to be digging Ricky's grave if he uh, continues to kill it in this production. <laughs> Whoa. Justin, first of all, because I'd like your help with this, if you could just kind of tee us up with the different categories, I'd like you to get a plug in for your Titans podcast. Let it rip. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the Music City Audible is a podcast we do every Friday previewing the upcoming Titans game. Thank mm. you. But do here you, we're you ever think do... of taping it like earlier in the week just to give a little more a little more time for them to listen? Um, we have thought about it, but he's about the content, really, Greg. He, yeah. He's not about, he's not about views or listens. He wants to give people what they, what they Greg, need. How about, okay, that's true. How about grave digger says that? And you say, Oh man, I, I'd like to check that out. That sounds great. Everybody should do the same. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you just do that? So Greg's just heating him up over here. <laughs> I'm not, it's not heating him up. It's like sometimes the producer needs a producer. So it's just something to think about. Yeah. No, All right, good, Greg. It's a good <clears throat> You've ruined everything again. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, so, Justin, tee us up, uh, and we'll uh, Patrick, Greg, and myself will will share. So, the way it breaks down, just the above the treetops, it's going to be different um, awards, predictions, and then playoff teams, and then we'll all make our Super Bowl Super Bowl pick where we oh, stand wow. on August thirtieth. I mean, unless we want to hold that for right before the season starts, but no, this is good. Let's yeah, do, let's it. do it. it. All right, get us going, Justin. All right, we'll start with the individual awards, beginning with the most important, most valuable player MVP award. Mm. Right. So, I'm a basic he... bitch. I got Mahomes. Yeah, anybody else? Too. Yeah, it's super chalky Mahomes for me. I did. Yeah, I decided not to get cute with it. I, I, I get cute with the other ones, but not with Mahomes. Yeah, that this one, it just, I just, huh? It ain't a brave feeling, but I just got a feeling this is going to be one of those seasons for the ages with Patrick Mahomes uh, offensive player. Oh, sorry. No, see, I'm so used to doing it myself. <laughs> Justin set the table. How about offensive player of the year? Well, I'll get this out of the way. I'm a conscientious objector every year to this award. <laughs> um, I don't believe in it. It's not a bit. Uh, I just think even contributing to this answer. So I always just put nah. I always just put no. I used to say, hey, can you pr can you print this sentence about how dumb an award this is? Um, but they wouldn't they didn't narrow it. They wouldn't they wouldn't print it. So I just sit this one out. OK, Patrick, uh, Calvin Ridley. I, I think he has an opportunity to get a Whoa. lot, a lot of catches. And, and, and perhaps, you know, as Greg's previous objections to the award, it's the award itself and the way that it plays out. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go maybe it's maybe it's a maybe it's a spot I could just give some pop to a player I like. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a smart way to do it, Claybon. <laughs> well, well, all of us. I have Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be the first guy to ever go four thousand, one thousand, and that type of statistical production. Even though his team's going to go eight and nine, uh, it's going to be <laughs> something that lifts him to that award. And Justin, uh, just going to quiz you off the top of your head: Who was the offensive player of the year in two thousand twenty? That was Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards. Whoa! See, that's – but, Greg, look at it. Look at it that way. Wait, have you known the answer, Clavon? Because I, I wouldn't have. That's uh, no, I'm no, it, it, I was going to guess Josh Allen. But, to see, doesn't that in a way justify it, Greg? Because it's a quarterback award MVP. Everybody knows it. Derrick Henry runs for 2,000 yards and puts that team on his back for like so just make that the just make that the award, non-quarterback award. Because – But it is. Sometimes, sometimes – the same guy wins MVP and offensive player of the year pretty often. Like, so I don't understand why it wouldn't just be Mahomes, Mahomes, make it the non-quarterback award. That's what they should do. Right. About half of the last MVP, last 10 years, MVPs also won offensive right. player of the year, that's but like, only about half. Well, that seems you know? so silly. Yeah. It's what like when there's a good running back to, to vote for, then that guy wins it. But otherwise, or like, Michael Thomas, when he set the reception okay. record, yeah, that's good. But it's like when a player like a receiver or quarterback or non-quarterback sets a record of some kind or becomes the eighth player to run for 2,000 yards, then they're like, yeah. okay, a different right. person than the MVP can have it. Shouldn't the offensive player of the year just be the guy who came second in the MVP vote? Right. That's I'm, sort of where I'm coming. I know. From I mean, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, Greg. I'm not, but I'm not against it. I get it. It's, it's a house of cards that we need you know, award realignment. Like we'd have to change everything to fix the problems with the individual awards. Yeah. Just say nine QB. I think that solves it. Well, why couldn't Aaron Donald win MVP one year and then a QB win offensive player of the year? Exactly. Hey, listen to you. Speaking of Aaron Donald, how about defensive player of the year? 
Erica is in trouble, man. The greatest <laughs> it's going to be Miles Garrett well, uh, for me. I, I think I think we we get the uh, the twenty sack season that we've been waiting for from Miles this year, especially uh, maybe if we get a healthy Clowney season uh, that the Browns score some points, other teams are passing. I say Miles Garrett. I like that one a lot. I thought about that, but I'm going to go Chris Jones, which I threw out there as like, what's the t- the long ticket uh, if he's even on the board? Some someone some listener I think. And, and we're not encouraging this. This is against the policy. We are not encouraging anyone to do anything. Um, but some listener took my Chris Jones defensive player of the year thought and acted upon it. So I think that's mm. a it's Maybe a real that. long shot. I don't think it's like, yeah, it's a real long shot. But I'm going to go with Chris Jones. You know, Miles Garrett was my pick. And then when I was filling out the document, um, I blanked on it, put Aaron Donald. And I could send a follow-up email to Gennaro. But I won't. I'll just keep it. And Aaron Don, just to show him the love as an all-time great, he'll get my vote. What about offensive rookie of the year? Well, this is like the start of a theme for me. But uh, I am going Trey Lance. I'm not worried about week one. I'm thinking long game. I'm thinking that team's going to be good. And I think the, the quarterback on the best, the rookie quarterback on the best team probably wins this award. And I think that'll be Trey Lance. Badger. Uh, Jalen Waddle uh, for me. The, the opportunity is there uh, waiting for Will Fuller to get back. Uh, they're going to they're going to throw the ball. I, I think Tua is going to have a solid year. And just statistically, he's going to edge out the, the guys like Chase, um, probably, you know, uh, Devontae Smith. You're going to well. have to he's be a monster to beat out these uh, rookie quarterbacks. You're going to have to be a monster. It could happen. They could kind of cancel each other out and he could have a monster year or they could just be like, OK, but I, you're going to have to be good. I believe just uh Justin Jefferson did not win. No, nope. correct. Lost AJ Brown had an unbelievable year and lost to Kyler Murray, who had an average year. And he actually, AJ Brown came in third behind Josh Jacobs, who didn't even play the last game of the season that year. Whoa. And then last year, Justin Jefferson had like 1,400 yards and still lost. I mean, Justin Herbert did set the rookie. Herbert you need a grave digger a sound effect here when you're making good points like that. You got to give Ooh, yourself. Yeah, let's a sound get that. Effect. Let's get that. Um, what do they have? The monster truck racing. And remember, it would always be like grave digger. Every yeah. time you make a salient point, bang, hit us with the grave digger. All right, I'll need an objective person to tell me when to hit it. <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, Zach Wilson is my pick. Okay. Oh, there we go. That's my choice. And I think he's going to be great. And I believe in him. And he's the best quarterback ever. Next. Defensive rookie of the year. I went chalk here and Micah Parsons. I really think even before training camp, he would have been near, if not at the top of my list. He probably is the favorite. I haven't actually looked, but I he should be the favorite because uh, he looks incredible. And that's a position that you can get noticed easily you know you're not playing you're not on an island playing cornerback you're not even chase young where like yeah you had, you had a great season but you only ended up with x amount of sacks but it's like everyone will see micah parsons all the time i'm with you i have that as well and just waiting for that other shoe to drop uh, uh with a, a trade of the cowboys to really clear the the path for him and uh any other distractions that might be lingering mm-hmm. in the locker room I'm going to go with Gregory Rousseau, uh, the the rookie up in Buffalo, has has had some pop in the preseason. As much as I said, preseason doesn't matter. Uh, he's he he still showed a, the skills that you know you you can't you can't teach, right? You can't make somebody have long arms. You can't make somebody six seven. And I think in draft season, right, he got like uh, he was shirtless, right, with Jalen Phillips, his his Miami counterpart at defensive end and Phillips was impressive physically and people were like ah Rousseau took the year off oh, I don't know uh, he's done nothing but play he, he beat Panay Sewell in the preseason game and he, he mm-hmm. looks great so why not Gregory Rousseau. a lot of good things there how about comeback player of the year Ooh, I just now think I- Christian McCaffrey is going to put up the numbers that it's going to for whatever this this award is about um like last year, Alex Smith, all he had to do was get back on the field and it made it was a no brainer that he would get it. This is going to be to me more a traditional type of year where who's going to have a huge year? Who was hurt last year? Christian McCaffrey's my pick because I think he'll have 16, 17, 1800 total yards and 15 touchdowns. And that's going to be tough to beat. Dak felt like the basic pick. So I wanted to be, you know, a little cute, you know, a little more creative than that. So I went Nick Bosa just because I feel like everyone kind of forgot about ah. Nick Bosa as a person, uh, as a, an amazing player. And he's coming back from that big injury, too. Yeah. Last time I talked to you guys, I, I, I said Derwin's going to have a huge year. I, I think Derwin is the comeback player of the year Ooh. this year. Ooh. 
this is a good this is a great field for comeback player of the year this year because uh, all of those make a lot of sense um who do you have for comeback player of the year grave digger i would go chalky dak just okay. because the cowboys are going to get so much media attention i mean listen to that because i'm glad you said that so the we threw out the names dak prescott christian mccaffrey derwin james and nick bosa whoa mm-hmm. that's some beef Burrow could be in there. Saquon could be in there if you wanted. You Odell. know, they would have to what, play well. Odell. What certainly. about um, like Philip Rivers? If he, he's already won it once just for sucking and then having a good year. But what if he came out of retirement in December? <laughs> That's. I want the award. I, first of all, like the, that year that he quote like sucked. He was like I. I always look back to this. He like finished seventeenth in my QB index. Although I'm a homer for Philip Rivers, so maybe you have to adjust that down. It's like he was fine, and they should make that an award. Like I guess that would be most improved. They don't have a most improved. Like like Sam Darnold to me would be a better comeback player of the year candidate, but he's never gonna win that. He's never gonna win that because he's gonna. He, first, he would have to play well, but even if he did, he wouldn't win it against all these superstars who are just like better. It doesn't make sense. You'd be so mad if Sam Darnold won. I, w- I would be wrong. I would be mad, and I would I would not. I don't like being wrong, and so then I would be mad. You're right. You what about Jameis Winston? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sean Payton, mm-hmm. come back. So, all right, what about Coach yeah, of I the Year? Know. A Coach of the Year. I'm going Kyle. Kyle Shanahan. Again, continuing with my 49. I gave him three awards. I gave him Bosa. I gave him Lance. I gave him Kyle. Uh, I just think they're going to be good. I'm on a I think I know who game. you're going to pick for the Super Bowl, by the way. You kind of do. Yeah. yeah. And he's feeling himself, too. We talked about it with this quarterback <laughs> shuffle. Yeah, I think it's Kyle Shanahan. I'll have to go with somebody off the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. <laughs> it's the entire league. Hallelujah. And, you know, people who want to give me a hard time and be like, oh, Dan talks about the Jets too much, blah, blah, blah. Been doing this podcast since 2013. We've done like 1,200 episodes. And that team has never even, they sniffed the playoffs once. It's been a real rough run mm. uh, for the Jets uh, in the history of this podcast. I- I'm allowed to have some optimism. I do. I sincerely believe Zach Wilson has a chance to have a breakout rookie season. And I really like the direction of that franchise with Robert Sala. And, I don't know. I would have to look back at the history of that award. Um, do they give it? Like, did Brian Flores get it that year where they really competed? Um, do you no. have to win multiple? T- double got some games? vote. He got. He did get some votes, but he didn't. He yeah. didn't win. No. The Jets might win six or seven games, but if they're going in the right direction, I feel like he should be in the conversation. You might need to win at least. Eight. I feel like you got to have a winning record. Yeah, to, maybe to nine. Coach of the year. That's how. So let's works. do that, Rob. All right. What else? If you look at the last 10 years, they all had not only winning records, but like extremely good records. And okay. I don't know if that's always the way to look at it. I think maybe it's time to have a different perspective. And it looks like 40% of winners of the last 10 years were in their first year with the team. So there is a lot of that. mm. It's a lot of like Dick Duran going 13 and three. Like if David Tully, right. Went eight and nine this year with that team. How would he not be in consideration for that award? I think he should be, but right the the, the year it seemed like the the Jets were rolling out that Abrams tank for Todd Bowles, and they and they managed to get all those wins. I was saying all season that Todd Bowles should win Coach of the Year that year, uh, but yeah. it just it didn't materialize. Flores was my guy uh, throughout last year, and I think he would have been a fine pick. And yet by the end, no one wanted to hear it because they didn't make the playoffs, even though they totally overachieved uh, a year ago. Ooh, right, we gotta get else? we gotta get Claybon to make up and like. 10 minutes here. All right, Gravedigger, let's cycle through the rest of this. All right, we got to go playoff picks. So a division winner for each division and then three wildcard teams from each conference. So Maybe let's eight. let's rip off like the AFC division winners. Does anyone yeah. have a, I'll throw out mine and which are yeah, you know, pretty, pretty chalky, but it's Bills, uh, Ravens, Titans, and Chiefs. Do either of you have any differences there? I have Bills, nope. Ravens, and I wanted to get cute uh, with the South, so I just went with the Colts and uh, Carson okay. Wentz, another comeback player of the year guy, potentially, and the Chiefs. Oh, so. no, none of us have the Browns. I f- that feels uh, feels tough. We need All right, well, what about the wild card? I have the Steelers, Titans, and Browns. What do you guys got? Okay. Dolphins, Broncos, Steelers. Ooh. So you left you left the Browns out of the playoffs. I did. I did leave so the Browns out of the playoffs. So about I. you, Greg? Majority so rules I. on this one. Mark's I don't listening. Feel, I don't feel good. I know it really kept me up. Um, 
I thought about it a lot because I was just like, well, maybe Mark won't even notice. Mark's going to put you in the hospital if you don't have the Browns on this list. It's like I also looked at this because I know how that NFL.com article comes out and it's just like 14 people picked this team and like no one picked this. And it's it's like you kind of want to like have it a little more represented, like spread it out. Uh, So I wanted the Dolphins and the Broncos and the Patriots to get some love. I didn't think uh, that the Dolphins would maybe get much love whatsoever, although Claybon did it. So uh, and he gave the Broncos some love, too. We are too much on the same page. Sessler, I want you to, to make note. I have the Browns as a wild card team playing relevant January football. Patrick Claybon, Greg Rosenthal, no. We want to motivate the Browns, who will now try hard because we have right. slighted. Them. I don't even know if I totally buy that. That's what I mean. Like, I really wanted to. I was thinking hard about the Chargers, too. Uh, they're in you, have, and you the love Steelers. so many teams, Greg. That's your problem. It's not so much love, like, yes, but I don't you think like the Steelers could be good. The, the Browns should be good, but I could see it going a little sideways, yep. tough schedule. And the Chargers, too. Those are like three teams that didn't even make my my playoff list. Anyways. All right, Grave Digger. Keep us moving. NFC division winners. All right. I got Washington, Green Bay, Tampa, and Los Angeles. Chalky as hell. I went with the 49ers in the West. I re- I I think they, they need to stay healthy. The fact that they had like a healthy camp for the first time in the Shanahan era, like gave me the vibes. That's like, okay, maybe the health luck is turning around. I just think they can be a juggernaut if, if things go right. So I went 49ers, Bucks, Packers. And at the last second, I switched it to the Cowboys. Uh, I just, I just was thinking, <laughs> I always say quarterbacks and offense. And so it just didn't gotcha. feel right. I switched it to the Cowboys. at the got gotcha. you. Remember I, yeah. earlier in the off season, I said, I will not pick the Cowboys. I know. I, I, and I said this yeah. and I was like, yeah, I'm with I you. almost did it. And I said, no, I must be a man of my own word. Uh, so Washington, what about you, Claybon? Yeah, I, I, I made no such promise. And me and Greg do think too much alike. The only difference <laughs> is I've got Seattle and Russ uh, in the West. Um, and the Niners in that first wild card spot. Okay. So you, all right. So I have wild card one, two, three, Niners, Seahawks, Vikings. Uh, what do you have, Patrick? Mm. I've got, I've got three West teams, uh, making the playoffs. Uh, the, the Niners, uh, Los Angeles, and then, uh, New Orleans sneaking in in the wild card. Oh, well. I like that. That's see, there's some onions hanging there. How about you, Greg? I, I had no, I, it's this one, like, <laughs> ah, that, like the doesn't matter. And then somehow it's like, well, Jameis, uh, it is Sean Payton. <laughs> um, I did not have the Seahawks in though, you know, cause you ha- I had to leave a team out. I have, um, you know, the Rams, the Vikings also making the playoffs. I, I, I think the defense is going to be good. And yeah, the saints is my last team. Interesting. Good offensive line. It would be wild if the Seahawks didn't make it. Mm. What about your Super Bowl matchups and winners? All right. Did you guys write your blurb? Want to just read our blurbs? Sure. All right. Yeah, read read away. I got Chiefs over Rams. The pairing of Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford proved to be a smashing success, but even an excellent (laughs) Rams defense could not figure out Patrick Mahomes, comma, who followed up his second NFL MVP award with another Super Bowl MVP, period. Well, if you if you think it doesn't have enough juice, then you can still change it. You should go. I always go for a hyper specific (laughs) prediction there just in case one year you get it Right. right. So I went I went 49ers over Ravens. Um, I had the Chiefs initially, but then I was like, well, if I'm going to pick the 49ers to win, you might as well just yeah, go go balls out here. Uh, and my sentence is, Trey Lance becomes the first rookie quarterback to lead his team to a Super Bowl title wow. after Fred Warner tips Lamar Jackson's potential game-winning throw at the buzzer. Hyper-specificity. I, I don't, I don't oh, love that. wow. Okay. Okay. Now, Trey Lance is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Trey okay. Lance wins the Super Bowl and Warner. Whoa. It's like Lamar has him open, makes a great throw, but but uh, Fred Warner diving immortal play I, that I like you remember. That you, you have a different outlook on the whole exercise. It's kind of like what you want to happen in your dreams of the best NFL season. Um, this well, time I, I went I, with that, yeah. Because yeah, when I, I went with more like trying to just get it right. And I, I've tried, I've kept trying to do that, and that I always get it so that's wrong. So that's yeah. why it's like, uh, well, I'll just pick what I want. All right, Patrick, what do you got? Uh, storybook ending in Hollywood. Aaron Rodgers walks off the field a champion Ooh. as Patrick Mahomes loses his second consecutive Super Bowl. Ooh-wee. I like that. For that. I thought hard about going Packers all the way too. I feel like they're not getting a, like a lot of love for a team that 
Went to the championship game two years ago. Yeah, absolutely has a chance to win the Super Bowl and might have the best quarterback. I, absolutely. Devil's advocate, and maybe their defense is better this year, but if they weren't able to get over the hump with Aaron Rodgers having an all-time season at 38 or whatever, I don't yeah. know. If it didn't happen last year, it's not going to happen. I don't know. I guess we'll Ball's see. not round. Hey, that's stuff absolutely happens. right. And no, you know Mike what? Patton, maybe that helps. Who knows? That got me really excited um, because it is just a reminder, even though we've been doing this forever and all, you know, we've all been NFL fans since we were wee boys. Ah, the beginning of the season is so fun. It's just like it can go in so many different directions. Um, so we get to now see how it all plays out. And that's one of the great things about this podcast. Like we track that, boys. We track how the season plays out after all the hype throughout the spring and summer. It'd be weird if we just like we're an off season pod. We're just like, all right, see you next, see you in February. <laughs> we're like so anticlimactic. No, you're right. I love, I love that feeling. Um, I'm glad it still hits me, and it is hitting me, and it will more, you know, with week one, which I always think is like the best week of the year. But there, there is something about it. I'm still a sucker for the NFL, which is good. Mm, well, that's good. Otherwise, the podcast would probably suck. If we went into it. <laughs> Patrick, thanks again. And uh, yes, watch Patrick all season on Fantasy Live on NFL Network. And uh, I believe uh, if we can grab you a little more of your time next week, you'll be joining us for another uh, special episode. Let's do it. All right, beautiful. There he goes, Patrick Claybon. And yes, get well soon. Mark Sessler, uh, we told Mark, do not worry about getting back. He's bummed out because he knows he's missing these ramp-up shows, uh, but it's very important to him uh, and to us and his family that he he handles the recuperation the right way. Um, So get well soon. Uh, Quiet storm. Until Thursday. Heed the call.